I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Nikki Javala is my guest today. Nikki does great work for The Washington Post, and we're excited to have her. Nikki, how are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time today. Uh, Nick, there is uh, new COVID protocols this week. Is that right? How will that affect the uh, the team and, and how will it affect you guys? Are, are you guys still going to be able to go or not? Yeah, we're still able to view practice for the first, you know, 10 to 15 minutes as usual. But the team is um, they're limited as to what they can do over there at the facility. So all meetings have um, become virtual again. There are no meetings in the facility. Um, so it, it, it does limit them there. Um, but you know, it's, it's such a weird year that everybody's, um, had to find a way to adapt really and make the best of it. How will it affect you guys on Sunday? Will the, uh, will the media room still be open or you guys won't be able to go to the game this week? Um, as far as I know, we're still going to be at the game. I don't think anything changes on Sunday for us. Um, you know, it was always pretty limited anyway in, in that we, we have to stay in the press box. Those that um, are covering the game on site and then photographers and videographers, they, they're able to be on the lower bowl of the stadium um, to be able to get what they need. But as far as I've been told, it, it hasn't changed for us there. Okay. Uh, the, Ron wrapped up his cancer treatments I'm curious if you've noticed a difference, if he feel, seems a little more livelier. Actually, I don't know. I thought he seemed a little chirpy this week. What did you think? Yeah, no, I, I, he definitely has more energy. You can see that, which is good to see. Um, I, You know, he said this multiple times, but one of the things that really bothered him as he was going through treatment was he wasn't able to spend um, the time that he usually is able to with his players and be around. And, you know, a lot of that is due to the scheduling of his treatments, but also, you know, because of just how he felt physically, um, you know, I, the chemotherapy and the proton therapy, you know, just, it, it's so draining and he, he still has to take some naps, but um, it, he has his color back, you know, he's regaining his strength. He did lose a good bit of weight during the, during the treatment, but um you know, he, he's starting to get that back and look more like, like Ron Rivera again. Uh, Nikki, we started out the season uh, so healthy. We are not there now. What does the latest injury report look like? Yeah, I, they're, they're, you know, scraping the bottom of the roster right now, especially on the offensive line. It's gotten to the point where they're down to their last tackle on the active roster, really. Um you know, and they only have one other tackle on the practice squad, David Steinmetz. I, I would imagine he'll likely be elevated for this game just for depth. But, um, you know, to, to count for injuries to not just Jaron Christian, who was placed on IR, but now Cornelius Lucas, um, Sadiq Charles, you know, had surgery this week. I mean, their fourth left tackle option is actually their starting right tackle. So Morgan Moses is going to move to to left tackle while David Sharp, who was acquired in a trade earlier this year, um, he'll start at, at right tackle. And then in the secondary, um, they're back to Troy Apke at free safety. DeShazer Everett is, is out with an ankle injury um, that he suffered against Detroit last weekend. Um, you know, they're still without Matt Ioannidis on the defensive line. So that's – you can see where that's affected them there. Um, trying to think where else. Receiver right. – 
they've been banged up quite a bit. Um, Dontrell Unman, hamstring injury, the one constant there, um, knock on wood, has been Terry McLaurin, um, who's still good to go. Uh, Ron wouldn't take the bait today, but you do believe that uh, Morgan will move over to left tackle? Yeah, I mean, he's he's practiced there all week, and they yep. honestly have no other option. You know, it's you know they they moved him there immediately when Cornelius Lucas came out um, in Detroit. So, I mean, it's it's and and I think part of it too is you know he's such a savvy veteran. He has experience. He's played some left tackle. You know, it's going back to his, his rookie season, I believe. Um, but he he understands you know what what it's like to make that change. They all have to learn every position. And, um, you know, it gives, it gives a veteran next to, uh, Will Schweitzer, as opposed to having, you know, a guy coming in cold next to Will Schweitzer, where on the other side, you have Brandon Sheriff, um, next to Brandon Sharp. So you kind of get that, you know, that, that veteran with a less experienced guy, um, you know, you can hold down both ends, hopefully. Yeah. Well, it was unfortunate because Morgan was having a really good year at right tackle. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been nice to leave him there. You mentioned Apke earlier. He will start instead of Reeves. I'm mm-hmm. surprised that the coaching staff is still so high on Apke. I, I am too, a little bit. You know, he certainly had his mistakes, some glaring mistakes. Um you know, on, on basic things, fundamentals, you know, you know, which way to turn in coverage, even uh, you can see him getting spun around in coverage a couple of times um, late in the game against Detroit. He nearly, you know, they, they were close to getting that deep ball just before. Um, That's right. And, and that was, that was Apke in coverage and he kind of got spun around. Yep. Um, but, you know, they, Ron clearly believes in him you know, to a degree that he's willing to give him another chance. I was a little bit surprised that they weren't um, more willing to give Jeremy Reeves a shot since they activated him um, after being on the practice squad. Um, but we'll see. He, he might get his shot if, if Apke can't hold up. I hope he does. I've been a fan of his for a couple of years now. Also, they paid Sean Davis to leave. Has anybody explained what happened with Sean Davis and why they were so quick to tell him to go away? Yeah, no, it's it's still a mystery. And believe me, we've asked, um, you know, because they said from the outset there was going to be a competition there. And you bring in a guy, you spend that kind of money on him. It, you know, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was still, you know, enough to make you believe that, yeah, he's really going to get, you know, the, a fair shot at, at safety, if not become the starter. And, you know, he didn't get any reps there in training camp. It was Apke from the start, and then they just let him go. So, yeah, it, it's still kind of a mystery to me. Now, now, in fairness to the Washington decision makers, he's not getting any burn in Pittsburgh either. So I, right. I mean, there's something going on there, but it still surprised me because I thought we were a little thin. Another thing that continues to surprise me is the coach's love affair with John Bostic. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been great the last couple uh, games. And I, I'm curious because the coach has said that linebacker is a problem and it dawns on me that the head coach and the defensive coordinators were professional linebackers what are they saying about what's not clicking there at the linebacker spot well it's interesting they say two different things (laughs) um ron rivera has said you know they they've had problems with gap integrity they're not um filling their creases so you know when um you know offensive player gets to the second level they're able to get many more yards because they're not 
closing those gaps. Um, you ask Jack Del Rio, however, and he, he feels like um, the linebackers haven't been that bad. There have been a numerous, numerous instances where the two have been on different pages, it feels like, in, in terms of evaluating the roster and the players. But, um, you know, I, I think the thing with Bostic is he, he plays every snap. He's basically the quarterback of that group. I mean, he, he wears the headset. I mean, he's um, he's kind of the leader there. I I think you could also point to Kevin Pierre-Lewis for a number of really costly mistakes recently. Um, and I, I think the more time that Cole Holcomb gets, you know, he played every snap for the first time um, this past game. Um, I, I think they really do think really highly of him. Um, so seeing him get more work alongside Bostic uh, will be key. I mean, there's also the, the, you know, interesting situation, I guess you could call it with Thomas Davis, who was, you know, signed to kind of be that veteran leader of the defense. And, you know, given his experience and his time with Ron Rivera in, in Carolina, we know the mutual respect there, but Thomas Davis isn't getting any playing time. I mean, he's been active, inactive for at least four games, I believe. And it, you know, it, it doesn't look it's like fun. that'll change anytime. Right. It's funny you say it because I, I, I was I was actually going to bring up a different linebacker. I, I completely forgot that Thomas Davis was on the team until you right. brought him up. I was going to ask you about Deion Hamilton because mm-hmm. I, I thought he had some promise when they when they drafted him and he just can't find his way on the field. Is is that a they don't he's not better. They don't like him. He's not putting in the work. What is going on with number 51? Yeah, I think it's, you know, they, they want to give the guys they have on the field a chance right now and really see what they have. I, I think part of it is, you know, the return of Cole Holcomb. Um, he was getting more time early when, when Cole was hurt. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's interesting to see how they view their, their pieces on the, you know, the bottom of the depth chart at, at various position groups because there's not – there doesn't appear to be an instant rhyme or reason um, like Fabian Moreau, you know, he got a lot of playing time and yeah, you know, but at first it was in large part because of Kendall Fuller who, you know, started the season with an injury. Um, but given the big plays they've allowed, the mistakes they've had back there, you'd think they would try to rotate him in, see if he could alleviate some of the problems, but that hasn't been the case. I, I think more interesting to me is um, seeing how Washington and other teams really have, manage their practice squad because of the protocols, the, the COVID protocols, you know, for most players, unless you've had COVID in the past, um, it takes six days to get in. So if you want to sign a player after an injury to one of your guys on Sunday, you got to sign them immediately if you want them to be available for the next Sunday. Otherwise you got to wait two weeks. So making sure you have depth at nearly every position is paramount. And, um, you know, just seeing how, teams manage that group because it really is like your minor league team. That's your development team. That's who's next up. If, um, you know, each position gets low and there have been times where I'm kind of questioning, like, you know, why haven't they added more guys there? Why haven't they tried to develop more guys at certain positions? O-line being one of them like tackle this week. Um, Uh But it's, it's tough. You know, it's not like there are a ton of guys available to be signed and you really have to weigh if you want to bring in players given the circumstances. Nikki, your story that you wrote for the post, I found fascinating. Uh, There's a quote in there, I guess, from Alex Smith 
basically they got to halftime and, and he had no idea there was only three points up on the board. What are they doing to make sure that they're not just moving the ball, but mm-hmm. putting points up? Well, I, I think he had an idea, but it was still surprising given the production they had on the ground. I mean, they were moving the ball. It's just, they, they can't finish. They couldn't, you know, when they're early going at Detroit anyway, um, you know, they, there were multiple times when they would get inside the 30 and, you know, they were knocked back for negative plays or, you know, they would have a fumble or miss a field goal or, you know, just, you know, in themselves are, can kind of seem like minor mistakes, but they add up quickly. Every, you know, in Denver, Vic Fangio used to have this motto called death by inches where, you know, is little things add up quickly and they can snowball and it can be a real problem. And that's kind of what's been happening is, you know, one mistake, two mistakes, three mistakes, and it just sets you back. And, you know, by the, you know, late second quarter, early third quarter, they're down by 21 points and you got to spend the rest of the game just playing catch up where had they, you know, converted a couple of those drives early, you know, and gotten a few points on the board, you know, probably would have been an easy win for them going in. Um, But, you know, I, I think they're learning that and, they they know what they need to do differently. It's just a matter of doing it. Is it just me or have they made a concerted effort to move McLaurin around the field a bit more? I think they've had to out of necessity. I mean, um, you know, as the primary target outside of maybe Logan Thomas, um, teams can easily game plan for him. They can double him. You can, you know, use bracket coverage and, and try to take him out of the game. So they've had to find ways to get him more creative, um, to get more creative and, and find ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, and we and we saw that last week with that reverse where he picked up 27 yards. And he said that they, they practiced that really um, that week going in. And, you know, He's he's a gem of a player. He's like a coach's dream, right? Because he always he'll do anything you want just to help the team, whether that's blocking, you know, running the ball, catching the ball, um, helping teammates get open. And to some degree, he is. I mean, teams are um, devoting extra resources to try to contain him, which should theoretically free up other guys. Um, so, you know, I, I I do think they are trying to find new ways to get the ball in his hands. Um I, I wouldn't mind if they started a little bit earlier in doing that, but I know it's, you know, some of the plays early are scripted to try to get the run going. Um, so it, it kind of depends on the opponent and the circumstances. Will Hopkins play this week? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. Um, so he, he was, he was listed as questionable with the same groin injury, but you know, he's been, he practiced in full today. Jason Wright was back out talking about the team name this week. Do you have a gut feeling on where that's headed? Do you have mm-hmm. a preference on what they land on? I, I don't have a preference. Um, you know, I, I think one of their big emphasis right now is trying to kind of shield where, which way they're leaning one way or the other. That I think in a lot of ways that's why they um, keep – it's possible they keep this the the name the way it is now as the Washington football team. I mean, they have invested a lot in the changes. You see the signage changes at the facility, um, you know, change the flag. I mean, these things cost money. If they really viewed it as a, a temporary name, would they have invested that much? I think that's worth questioning. But I do wonder at the same time, and maybe this is just a you know total conspiracy theory, is 
you know, or are, are they trying to drum up, um, you know, or, or make people think that, yeah, this is a real possibility, you know, to <laughs> minimize minimize kind of disappointment in some ways if they don't like the name they ultimately land on you know could they say well it's better than the alternative um that's i guess it's a possibility yeah. but you know i think i think people you know forget how much goes into things like this it's not as simple as just saying oh well we'll call ourselves this you know it's there are so many you think about all the instances where you saw the old logo and the team name and the legal marketing business side of it that goes into it. I, it's pretty extensive and it, and it does take some time. And they, I think they really do want to get it right. I'm glad that you said that because I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. Every time a new Washington football team sign goes up, I'm with you. I know that they're millionaires with lots of money, billionaires, but they still don't like spending money to throw it away. It surprises me every time and they it, invest in that. It, 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 it's not just buying the letters, right? It's paying somebody to remove the old ones and put the new ones up. It, it's right. costly. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, we end every week with a little over under. Are you ready to play? Sure. Okay. Two weeks in a row now, Alex Smith has gone over 300 yards, surprisingly the first time in his career. So we'll set his passing yards this week right at 300. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I think it'll come close to 300, but I, I think it'll be slightly less. Uh, Ron compared McKissick to uh, another running back he's had. He's actually been really good so far. Let's put the over under on a hundred total yards for McKissick on Sunday. Uh, scrimmage yards. Yep, all purpose yards. I'll take the over on that. Uh, do you think the coaches? I think as fans, we thought Gibson was going to hit the road running. Do you think that the coaches kind of knew he was more of a project than the rest of us did? Yes. I mean, you, you can see the potential there, obviously. We saw it, you know, going into the draft. And, and I think the fact that he's come along as fast as he has is a testament to what kind of player he will be. Um, but there still are instances where, you know, you, you can see where he still needs development just in terms of reading what defenses are giving him and making quick decisions. And um, But all, all the physical traits are there. The instincts are there. It's just more of a refinement. Let's put uh, McLaurin at over under 10 catches on the day. Um, I'm going to take the under. I think I'll top 100 yards, but I think he'll, he'll need fewer catches to get there. Is Cam Sims now the number two receiver on the depth chart? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's because he worked with the second unit and uh, Alex got more work with them because I think I think people following the organization thought he'd get a chance sooner mm -hmm. than he has. I think that's probably part of it. it. He was able to build more of a connection with Alex, but I also think he's the guy that, you know, kind of fits the mold of what Ron Rivera is trying to build around. I mean, he worked his butt off to prove himself. He, you know, gladly, you know, 
did special teams. I think a lot of guys overlook special teams when for many, that's the way onto the field. You prove yourself in special teams, you'll get opportunities on offense or defense or wherever you play. And he understood that. And he seems much like McLaurin in that he's, he's willing to do whatever they need of him, be it blocking, um, you know, playing a decoy, um, you know, whatever it is. And he's put in the time and it's, it showed. And I think that, the coaches recognize that. Uh, yes, and he it's not like he's out there just catching 50-50 balls either. I mean, he's he's made some really nice catches the last couple yeah, of weeks. Absolutely. The uh, the uh, it's interesting, the defense number one in passing, they're towards the end of the league in rush defense. Let's put Cincinnati at 110 yards rushing. Um I'm going to take the over on that. <laughs> it's been odd that way. It's been odd that way with the rush defense. It's been surprising. Yeah. To win this game, they'll need turnovers. They really haven't been able to do that recently. Let's put the defense for Washington at two turnovers. Um, going to take the under. Sorry, this is very pessimistic. <laughs> over under, uh-huh. but I'm going to take the under on that one. Uh, and we'll and we'll wrap it up with uh, with sacks on the day. Let's put it at five. I'll take the over on that one. I could see him getting six or more. They'll they'll yeah, need it. They definitely do need it. They have a chance too. They do because he moves around, and that line for Cincinnati is not no. in good shape. No. Nikki, what's uh, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, for the post. Um, working on a couple stories I don't want to give away just yet. Um, but ones I'm pretty excited about. It's gonna be an interesting week with a short turnaround with them playing in Dallas on Thanksgiving. So, you know, we'll see. Will you tra- will you travel to Dallas? As of now I am, yes. Hopefully that doesn't change. Awesome. Well, safe travels and thank you so much for giving us some time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Nikki Javala, everybody.